It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to the Untold Story Podcast. I'm Martha McCallum, and I'm very glad to be joined by Brett Tolman today to talk a little bit about what's going on with the Biden investigation. So, Brett, thank you very much for being with me today. Thanks for having me, Martha. You know, I always like to, and I know we've done this before, but for anybody who's listening for the first time to a discussion that we're having, I always like to ask you to give a little bit of background in terms of your own background and where you're coming from as you look at this Biden sort of layered scandal through your own experience um, as a U.S. attorney. And tell us a little bit about where you come at this from. Well, thanks, Martha. Yeah, I, you know, I've spent uh, now it's over 25 years uh, in the federal criminal justice system, uh, 10 as a federal prosecutor and four years as a U.S. attorney appointed by President Bush. I spent four years in the United States Senate as chief counsel over crime and terrorism. So I guess you know, part of me has uh, has made the criminal law my 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 life's uh, focus, and uh, so for me, I come at a lot of these issues about uh, you know national security and, and criminal investigations with an eye towards uh, you know what what is the Justice Department doing? What's the evolution of of you know the politics involved and and how how does it affect uh, all of us in our everyday lives? Yeah. You know, one of the things that really strikes me in this Biden investigation by the DOJ, to the extent that it has existed, um, is how differently it is handled than the Trump crossfire hurricane investigation. Because in one case, we're told by whistleblowers with regard to the Biden investigation that they had what they needed in terms of predicate and foundation and evidence to move forward. And we've heard from Mr. Shapley and there are other whistleblowers as well in the mix here who say that it was clearly backburnered, that we're not going to continue this investigation into Hunter Biden and into ancillary overseas business activities and what exactly those entailed and what the exchange was uh, for potentially for information or involvement money changing hands in that aspect so that that there was foundation they had evidence to pursue it and were shut down in the crossfire hurricane side you have exactly the opposite so the avenues of evidence kept sort of drying up and then we saw tails basically put on a couple of low-ranking uh trump operatives in foreign policy in order to juice up the evidence and find a way to to pursue that so i think this is why you have a lot of people looking at the Department of Justice and saying, what's going on over there? You know, is this a blindfolded lady of justice or is this highly political? Yeah, you know, I've seen an evolution in the Department of Justice. I, ha- I once had an FBI agent who um, just a great, great man, um, dedicated his whole life to to the FBI, tell me that he was starting to see um you know some some concerning things in the FBI, and what he what he outlined for me was that the conclusion was being reached before the analysis of the evidence. 
And I asked him to give me examples. And he, he said, there, what's happening is you get, you get an FBI that starts to get politically charged and they're reaching a conclusion that they want. And then they work backwards to support it with evidence. And that's been an evolution because it used to really be, you know, it's never been perfect, but you had a Department of Justice and an FBI that said, okay, I'm seeing in the Bidens some really concerning warning signs. You've got suspicious activity reports on some banking. You have some massive transfers of, of monies into multiple LLCs. You have failure to register as a foreign lobbyist. You have now IRS issues that are as early as 2018 are being identified. Like it used to be you would take all that and you would say, all right, let's let's explore it. Let's follow it till the until we either, you know, expand the amount of evidence that we have against a particular target or we shrink it. And then that helps us reach our conclusion. That's not what has happened. Um, even FBI agents currently in the trenches right now across this country have reached out to me and indicated that they have seen the upper executive levels of the FBI dictate more and more the conclusion and requesting the FBI agents to actually go out and find the evidence to support that conclusion. And, and that's dangerous. That's when you start to operate as a political weapon as opposed to a neutral law enforcement agency trying to investigate corruption. All right. So let's get specific because it's going to be interesting this week. Christopher Ray is going to testify before Congress. And I imagine there's going to be some pointed questions coming from Republicans on the committee about exactly what the Biden investigation looked like, um, what the process was, how they you know, have arrived at these conclusions. We saw what many people considered to be sort of a slap on the wrist for Hunter Biden with a gun charge and with um, a couple of you know lesser tax charges as well in that case. But one of the things that is so so it goes back to David Weiss, who was a U.S. attorney, a position that you held. He's in Delaware. And uh, he's now coming forward to respond to the whistleblower, Shapley, Mr. Shapley. And he said, no, actually, I was not impeded in this investigation. I didn't request a special counsel or to act as a special counsel. And I was not impeded from taking this case to other jurisdictions. Now, Mr. Shapley says that and others, I think five or six others who were in the room say that that is not the case, that that he told them that he wasn't in charge and that he wasn't able to take this case to other states. What's going on here? What we have right now is Shapley took notes during this meeting with U.S. Attorney Weiss, and he took him at the time of the meeting. And not only that, Martha, he sends an email out to the other participants in the meeting and said, here are my notes from the meeting. Will you check this? And let me know if you, you you remember differently. He gets responses that says, no, that's what was said in the meeting. So the rules of evidence um, tell us that those contemporaneous notes are far more accurate than years later memories of what, what occurred. It also highlights who has the incentives to lie at this point. U.S. Attorney Weiss indicated in a letter that he requested the ability to bring those cases in other jurisdictions, that he was not allowed to, that he requested special prosecutor status, that they didn't grant it to him, but indicated that they would revisit it. So you now have a U.S. attorney who wants to remain as U.S. attorney, has to try to back up the attorney general. 
is ex- displaying what be what I would describe as a moment of cowardice instead of standing up and saying I wasn't really the one calling the shots. This was a main justice decision, which is more consistent with those contemporaneous notes of the email that was sent out during the time of the meeting. So credibility is important when you're trying to analyze, you know, whether someone's lying. The untold story continues right after this. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. So, you know, I, I think it adds to people's feeling of just general, you know, they just throw their hands up in the air and they feel like no one's ever held accountable. And at the very least, I think they'd like to see answers to the questions of what happened with all of these bank accounts, where the money went, what the money was exchanged for, exactly what service was provided by Hunter Biden and his colleagues to these Chinese energy companies, Ukrainian companies. You know, it, it feels like, we're never going to get an answer to that question, are we? Yeah, great, great point. I, I would say the <laughs> the most clumsy investigative tool we have in the United States government is the Congress. And yet, despite that, we're uncovering stuff that without Comer and Jordan and their effort to try to, to, to get documents and to get information, we wouldn't know that there were whistleblowers. We wouldn't know that there was an FD-1023, which which really is a, a report generated by a, a reliable confidential informant that outlined the Biden scheme. Without that, we wouldn't know that there's at least $10 million and, and possibly as much as over $30 million that went into the hands of the Bidens from various countries. And then we also wouldn't have a, an encrypted text message with Hunter Biden indicating that his father is in the room, threatening that if they weren't paid $10 million, that knew how to retaliate, that the Bidens are, you know, this is something they're good at doing. We would have none of that. So I'm optimistic. I'm not, I'm not certain, but I am optimistic this is not going to stop. They wanted to bring those, these misdemeanor charges and this diversion charge on the gun, hoping that that might be the end of it and this chapter could close but it's not going to close. I don't see it closing soon. And as long as it's open, we might get more answers. Well, one of the things that that Shapley said was that, you know, they tried to get locator information on the moment that you just discussed, which I think is maybe one of the most sort of traumatic moments in that um, in yes. that evidence, which is that Hunter Biden, according to this evidence, was sitting there saying to this um, Chinese executive who was tied to the Chinese government, higher up in an energy company, basically shaking him down for money and saying, look, if, if you don't send me that money right away, you know, the guy next to me, uh, the person next to me, and he kept saying, my father is right here with me. Um, and everyone he knows, and I'm paraphrasing this a little bit, will hear about it. I mean, it's an unbelievable, it, it's actually a moment that is is not that hard for me to imagine, given, given some of the players here and given what we know about Hunter Biden's, you know, difficulties. But if, if it's true that the investigators on that case wanted to get locations on the phones in, of the people involved, how difficult would that be? And why? What are the reasons why it might have um, they might have been shut down in that in that pursuit? It's it's not difficult to get that information. Uh, Martha, I looked at it and I think if you had presented that evidence to a Hollywood uh, producer as part of your script, he would say, no, 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 that's that's too stupid. That's not believable. <laughs> 
We can't. And put the that president in the movie. is right next to me. My dad is sitting here right now. And don't. I love it when he says, "Don't you know? Don't put anyone else on the call, or don't have anyone else email me. It better be you, Zhao." And yeah, I mean, um, it, and I need the money by tomorrow. I thought, wow, that's pretty. Yeah, you're you, right. You, it, you would not. It wouldn't pass the the you know the believable. Um, but I, I think that is what we have. We have that kind of evidence. And and to shut down an investigation when you have that kind of evidence, that's a dream come true for a prosecutor or an investigator who's trying to put together this entire wagon wheel of uh, the fraud and conspiracy and and where the different money was coming in and where is you know who's the hub. It looks like it's Joe Biden and Hunter Biden there. And then all these different angles were ways that they were bringing money in from different countries and then putting them into various LLCs. It's a classic, classic fraud scheme, you know, built on corruption and the quid pro quo. And this is the smoking gun evidence that a prosecutor always wishes they had, but never has the evidence sufficient to present such obvious evidence, at least to the grand jury. Okay, so what happened? So David Weiss is basically bending over backwards to say, you know, this investigation was never impeded. You have Leslie Wolf, who is um, his deputy. And tell us about her role in all of this. Is she the person who's saying, no, sorry, guys, we're not going to put any locator on the president or his son uh, this close to an election. We're just not going to do it. She's clearly the one that's identified as shutting, shortening the scope or, or reducing the scope of the investigation and not allowing it to go to Joe Biden. She indicates as much. She shuts that down. She's not going to take those steps unless Weiss is on board. She would not do it, you know, uh, given the relationship. And he's her direct boss and he's in charge of the investigation. So this is coming from wife and her. Then on top of that, you have very reliable evidence that the defense team was tipped off to investigation, the investigative tactics, search warrants, um, even to the point that they indicated they were going to go and talk to um, Hunter Biden and others. And even that information was relayed to them and they were unable to go do that. And so at this point, you've expanded the potential conspiracy here. You've expanded it to actors in the in the Department of Justice. And, and I, it's ironic because I am aware of several cases in which federal agents and, and one instance of a federal prosecutor tipped off the targets of a large scale investigation and they were prosecuted. Yeah. And that should be the attitude. We should be, you know, we should be sitting back and saying, this is the greatest scandal the political scandal of corruption that we've ever seen in this country. And we still have a system of fairness in this in, in the administration of justice such that we went after them despite what their political leanings are. But we don't have that. That's gone. We don't have an ability to go after them. They stonewalled for five years on this case and, and brought it at a point when other tax charges have expired by virtue of statute of limitations. And, and this is what we're left with. And they tried to they tried to sell it to the American people. So what do you think if you were questioning Christopher Ray about this investigation and what happened? What would you ask him? Well, it's funny you say that because I'm trying to put together a short op ed on how Congress has has really failed to put in the necessary work to 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 do, you know, good questioning of, of witnesses in their oversight hearings. I, I would love to see that kind of homework put into it. So dig into the, you know, to the the facts enough that you're confident that when you sit there, you do a, a, a cross-examination 
Um, these political speeches, the country's tired of it. So start with Chris Ray and ask them to confirm. Did you know, did the FBI, I'm told in 2018, isn't it true that you knew that there were potential violations based on these suspicious activity reports, the failure to register reports and tax tax allegations that you knew that in 2018, didn't you? And then I would take him down each line of, of what we know now and put that timeline together and emphasize at every time that we can that the FBI did nothing then, that there, nothing was done then, that the FBI, did you ever push to expand that investigation? Did you ever push to expand it to Joe Biden? I would love to see that kind of, you can do it without some of the rhetoric and we can right. start to put pressure on them. It sounds like an awesome line of questioning. So you need to write that and hopefully it will get into uh, <laughs> into some people's hands before this. Because, you know, I think people I think you're so right. People get so tired of watching um, these elected officials basically use up all their time talking themselves. Yeah. And yeah. it would be really great to see a pointed line of questioning like a cross examination would be where you just kind of make sure that you get him to weigh in on the facts of what they knew. You know, for instance, once the FBI got Hunter Biden's laptop, what was the investigative process? Um, And tell us how you investigated that laptop. You know, what what was done in that? And also, uh, why did your teams never interview Tony Bobolinsky? Yeah, great, great points. That is my Uh, question. The guy, you know, he, he appears to be very credible. Very credible. Okay, but let's just assume for a moment that he's not. Even so, you'd want to talk to him, right? You'd want to find out what he knows. That's right. And and w- the way you would question that is, you're not going to leave it open ended to him to, to stall. You're gonna you're gonna say, "Isn't it true you did not interview Tony Bobolinsky?" He says, "Yes." You go, "Well, where's that report?" He says, exactly. "No." You say, "So let me get this straight. You don't interview the." business partner who alleges that he observed corruption and and illegal behavior by hunter biden and right. identifies joe biden as the big guy and and when and, the american and who, people and who turned to over his phone and his computer <laughs> and everything he had so that you could have it yeah yeah exactly and it fits nicely in line with the fact that we now know they confirmed that the laptop was hunter biden's and they did so before we were told it was russian disinformation so, Brett, you, you've made it even more interesting, this story this week and what we're going to see from Christopher Ray, the FBI director, when he's asked these questions. We'll see if um, if folks take you up on, on some of your uh, strategy, which so. I think they should. Um, and we look forward to, to reading that piece. Brett, thank you so much. Brett Tolman, former U.S. attorney for the District of Utah, joining us today and also worked, obviously, as a counsel in the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, under Orrin Hatch and Arlen Specter. So it's always good to talk to you, Brett. Thank you so much. Thank you, Martha. Thanks for having me Take on. Take care. You've been listening to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Make sure to rate and review. For more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.